Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is... What's going on? Sorry, we're going on. We've got online stuff. Yeah. See, this is what happens. See, so you had to buy a burn building online. <laughs> Speaking of burn building, tonight I have with me five members of my firefighter family. I have Ash. Hey there. I have Kev. Good evening, girl. I have Rob. Good evening. I have Scott. Hello there. And I have Mrs. Spence. Hi, girl. And we are going to be doing a Q&A today. The episode is called Q&A Burn Building. And as Rob so nicely added, stand by to get one. Uh, we had a question, a few questions actually, from a few different people. But um, one specifically that we're going to try and focus on, because uh, it was a bit more detailed than the others. But um, from a guy called Chris. And he was asking about uh, burn buildings and, and training kind of bigger material so they don't have a lot of money in their volunteer fire department um they had some they have had some issues with trying to get the powers that be to understand the need for a burn building um and they've also had some issues with uh, with the powers that be also understanding that uh you know these things are very crucial for training um, but they're still worried that people are going to get hurt. So we're going to try and address some of those uh, questions. We're going to talk about how we got ours and how we've developed our training ground and uh, the things that we do um, mainly. This is mainly going to be about the, the training aspect and getting hold of those materials. We're not going to really talk much about fundraising. We have an episode on fundraising. This is more just focused on uh, the burn building, how we did it, what we, uh, the process that you know can help you approach who needs to be approached plant seeds and get that burn building for yourselves and for your department but before we do that scott is got some news for us yeah so again we were talking about responding apparatus a few months back um this news story is three dead including baby in pickup truck that collided with phoenix fire engine so this, um, when we recorded this episode, it's this is fairly recent. I think it was in the last couple of days. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot of detail on this yet, other than what I just said. But we always talk about when you respond in uh, engines, um, making sure the intersections are clear, make sure you're calling out if the vehicle's coming, watch it for drivers that maybe not be watching for fire engines. Yeah. So we had what that one for you on the truck? Yeah. yeah. She wouldn't move. Yeah. She panicked, it sounded like recently. <laughs> no, there's we pulled the tender you were on that truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was it. Oh that was us, yeah. That was us, yeah. We pulled up to the intersection just outside the hall and like full lights and sirens blaring on the air horn, stopped at the light and two cars went right by in front of us. Red They're like looking at us and we're sitting yeah. there trying to turn and yeah. away they went. Some people's priorities are bigger than the fire trucks. Yeah. It's just a fact of life. 
Yeah. It's a shame, obviously, people died in that accident. <clears throat> it's a shame people die in those accidents all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and again, we don't know any information on um, who was at fault um, or whether anyone was, whether it was just a straight accident. But uh, it's always, it's always, I know, um, on our guys' minds um, driving. We've got, you know, our, we're a small rural town. We don't get much traffic. In the summer, it gets a little bit more chaotic because uh, we do have kind of the main stretch going through going through the town so it can get a lot busier but we don't we don't tend to get it that crazy well, well the big problem is in the summer when it's hot everyone has their windows closed their air conditioning on usually their music they don't hear they don't hear anything and so you're right behind them <laughs> driving behind them for five minutes they don't even notice yeah. Um, I know there's those, I think we spoke about this, those rumbler sound, was it rumbler? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen those, I haven't seen those in use, but they, they basically are a different tone or something. They make the huh. whole car kind of shake. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. At a different frequency. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Well, it's not yeah. a sound so much as a feeling. Yeah. yeah. It's like huh. super bass. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sure some of our listeners have something like that out there. They should oh, yeah. send us a note, let us know how it works. Yeah, yeah. If anyone has one of these, uh, what was he called? I thought it was called a rumbler. I think it's a rumbler. Yeah, rumbler. I can think of one police organization that uses it. Um, but other than that, I don't know who else uses it. Sounds interesting. I mean, because I'm sure everybody's had the instance where vehicles that are in front of you just don't move, and uh, I can't just put that down to not hearing it. <laughs> well, people panic. People, other people panic too. Like they see it. Like I, we've been times where we pull up. Like we're trying to go to a house fire, and they're like, people are stopped right in front of us. I don't know what to do. No. Yeah. So we're like, well, let's, how about you move out of the way first? Yeah. <laughs> Good start. Yeah. People don't know, yeah, yeah, it's common sense stuff. People don't pay attention very well, and people don't know how to react to things. Or which side of the road to go on. Like they're, you know, maybe they're turning in the turning lane, the truck's coming behind them. Well, do I get over to the right curb lane, or do I stay where I am? Just, if, when in doubt, just stay where you are. <laughs> we'll, we'll go around you. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're right in the middle of the intersection block, yes, the dose that we are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, stay safe. If you're driving these trucks, and, you know, you're the ones that are going to be at fault ultimately for a lot of these things. And you're going to feel like crap. You know, that extra 30 seconds, we all try and obviously, we talk about it a lot. That 30 seconds makes a difference. But we're also trying to get somewhere to save a life. If we take one during the process, we've kind of, you know, we're two steps back already. Um, not to mention, you know, yeah, you're taking yourself out of the game there at that point. Yeah, right. And now, now you're not even heading to that call because you ain't gonna make it. Now another unit's going. Maybe you're having to deal with that initial issue. It's just, it's a complete nightmare to do. So just drive safe, pay attention, and uh, yeah, that's really all I got to say on it. Anyone else got anything to say on it? Huh? Then on with the episode. So Q and A, Burn Building. <coughs> question from Chris and uh, we're gonna talk a little bit like we said about um, how we got ours how we started um, with ours and what we have added and um, the the cheaper ways of doing these things again volunteer department we don't get money for our training grounds um, as far as I understand we're initially going to yeah it's gonna be part of the budget um, it's it is and the reason why I'm able to do, the, to do that now is we're able to show the cost benefits of doing training like in-house for lack of a better term yeah um rather than going places like we uh, we used to have to go do a live burn you know um 
over it was over a weekend. Uh, you know, the guys had fun because we'd go away and stuff. But cost wise, it was it was it, it cost a lot of money to go away and, and get the live fire. So now we can do it in house. So there's that, and I, I think the town's recognizing that. So now, possibly next year, some of our budget will actually be into the training ground for upkeep. So let's talk. <clears throat> let's talk initially about how we got our first, our first burn building. We'll start from there, and uh, we'll we'll kind of talk about that, and we'll talk about then maybe some seed plants and stuff. And uh, do you want to talk about the location? Yeah, let's talk about mm -hmm. the location as well. So <coughs> why we chose what we chose. And um, I think you were training officer at the time, right? Mm -hmm. I was, yeah. And Jason's dad, Jason's one of our firefighters. His dad actually came to us because he was part of the rotary at the time. Kinsman. Kinsman. Yeah. Um, and there was an old, like, grounds that they used to use. Um, like a fairground. Um, so they were like, well, we don't use these grounds anymore. Right, it's right near the airport, so nice flat land. It's for a rodeo. Yeah, it's for a rodeo. Um, so they didn't use them anymore, and they thought the train the firefighters could use it. So we got, like, basically given to us for free. And it had pretty good infrastructure. It had uh, power. It had some lights. Um, it had old, like, concession stands and stuff, which we we now use for storage. And it was it's basically given to us because it was, it was a town. It's kind of town property. So they just said, yeah, you guys can use it until we need it. And they've never needed it yet. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of an, in an odd location. So, um, And the airport's fairly small, so they don't. there's no major expansion of hangars going to our side. Um, so we we got given that. It's attached to the airport. Yeah, you didn't mention that part. I thought it did. Yeah. Right. Anyways, um, so <coughs> it was really beneficial that we got that land. Now at the time, um, the original chief, his idea of uh, a training ground versus Spencer and my idea of the training ground <laughs> was totally different. Because the original chief's idea was uh, this was before Bob and even before the previous chief um, was just putting a dumpster on there. He says, oh, we'll have a dumpster fire. And Spencer are like, no, we, we want to do a burn building <laughs> and have auto X and have all this stuff. Oh, no, 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 we're not doing that. Okay. And then over the course of uh, you know a few years, uh, that chief left and we got another chief. And we ended up going for the burn building. Um, and that was our, was that our first major um, thing on there? No. I mean, there was no. a dumpster, it was, was one of the things. No, we built yeah. the search building first. Yeah. We built right. a 40 by 40 <clears throat> pad, a uh, concrete pad down below. Mm -hmm. um, our, our training grounds kind of tiered just because of the previous users' uses. Um, so we put a 40 by 40 concrete pad and we built up. From when we were doing seminar, we had all these walls. Like we had tons and tons of walls. So yep. after every seminar, we'd just scab onto this search building and it turned into a big piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> then we ended up tearing down and that's where our second search building or burn building is now. Our C Ken City down there. I mean, for what we needed it for, it worked, the search building. And we did we did a fair number of practices in it. It had no roof because it was just like Spencer said, it was just a bunch of walls we kind of scabbed together. Um, there's also an old trailer that we use for a lot of searching and ventilation. <laughs> yeah, gross. But it's pretty yeah. gross right now. It's like a single wide mobile home. We need to put that. Yeah, that thing to rest. Or fire. I think we're going to light it up. <laughs> Do some actual uh, yeah. live fire, live fire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then at one point we started talking about how do we get a, a burn building? And we started doing some work, um, piecing it together. We, we looked at our budget from doing seminars and doing some of the stuff we've already talked about. And we thought, well, 
Let's go for it. So, I remember I had SketchUp. It's a yeah SketchUp. So I did I did a SketchUp drawing, and I actually got some Lego and built. I think because by that time I was a training officer, um, built some stuff, showed it to Spencer and a bunch of other guys, and through some different work and stuff, we figured out what we wanted. And basically what we were looking for was a way to do pretty much every evolution you can do in live fire, but on kind of a budget. So we are able to do a flashover because we have a flashover room, which some people refer to as the Swede because I think it was made in Sweden. Oh. Um, basically it's a tiered, like one C cans up about, well, as high as this, one of those big cinder blocks so about yeah. three feet up. And so the rollover can happen above your head. Um, so there we have that. That's in a 20-foot C-can, which is attached to a 40-foot C-can. That, that's what we, what I always refer to as our, our hot room. So that's where we do all our burning. We do it either in the in the rollover room or in the actual 40-foot C-can. And then we have, right next to that is another 40-foot C-can with a 20-foot C-can on top of that. And uh, and we've talked in the past a little bit, but, you know, it, it's there's no real, there's no real... Um, like tutorial on how to build a burn building formula mm. so we just did what we thought was right um we kind of just cut holes where we thought we wanted windows and um we got a professional to actually cut the back end of the secan out for the rollover room because we really wanted that to be cut properly so the guy came with like a plasma cutter and actually cut it properly for us everything else was done with like torch or um or zip disc <laughs> yeah. um yeah so we just kind of started scavenging together we put in some concrete into the floors because we wanted it to last. Um, obviously, in the back room, I think the concrete's about three or four inches thick. Mm -hmm. Well, cutting the floor in that upstairs part. Yeah, then we had to cut the floors the upstairs. Yeah. yeah. So we had to, we on the upstairs part we had to cut the floor out in kind of like an L to make the stairway. We got a staircase inside there. So like we spent Spencer and I and your dad were there. We, were, <laughs> we spent like days with like zip discs and just cutting because the, the torch wasn't really working. It was kind of not cutting right. So. We were there. There was zip disc cutting, and there was that one inch wood that we had yeah, to get through. Yeah, well, yeah, we had to get through because because each um, each sea can, like they have, there's wood on the bottom of a sea can, so we had to get through the, rid of that. It, it was like it was like hard, hard like teak or Super something. Like, we were like, what is this? So we we're going oh, through pain. saws. We were at saw blades, and <laughs> oh yeah, it was not pretty. It, it, yeah, it was it hours was spent just on doing that. So um, yeah, and <laughs> over time we just started scabbing everything together. Um, putting doors in, finding doors from an old uh, jail, putting that together. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it... It was not a fast process. No. But it's also it was also a very big building for what we built. <clears throat> we didn't need to go that extreme right away, but we just did, because we're like, yeah, because that's what we are. That's what yeah. we do things. <laughs> it does tend to be. I think, uh, I think one of the key things from this as well is obviously the when you look at this, we're all volunteers. If you want this... Don't think somebody else is doing it for you. You're doing this yourselves. This mm -hmm. is something that you're putting the time and effort in for. You're gonna do the work for. And whether or not you know fully what you're doing, you need to just get up and just give it a go. Figure it out and uh, ask questions. Advice is always pretty much free for the majority. Mm -hmm. You're not asking lawyers. You're just gonna be calling contractors, seeing if they'll do it. If they're local contractors, maybe they'll do it as a favor for the department and help you out and, and get some things like that. Yeah, like to put a, we didn't have this, there was no C-can person locally. So to get the one C-can on top of the other one, like they delivered them, but they just kind of sit on the ground. So to get it up on top of the other one, we used the local concrete guy. We happened to have a big loader 
and actually it fell off when <laughs> he was trying to put it up it fell off it broke from the chains and fell <laughs> and almost wiped a couple of us out <laughs> but uh, and then we had you know of course you, in every department you're going to have uh, guys who understand trades so we, we have a couple of construction guys they built the um, forms for the concrete um, yeah we got a metalwork guy doing the stairs yeah. use your resources yeah use your resources for sure yeah, so reach out, see if you know anyone around you that's able to do these things, see if you can get it done free and or cheap, if not, um, you know, if it happens to be, you know, a, a couple of couple of bucks here and there. <clears throat> Fundraisers, again, we've had episodes on that just to get the cash if you need certain things, but a lot of this you can do fairly cheaply. The biggest portion, by the sounds of it, really, is just getting hold of the seat counts. Well, actually, one, and one word of advice before, if you put a 40 and put a 20 on top, um, <laughs> A, a forty is designed to put uh, forty is designed to go on top of another forty because that's where the hard points are. If you put a twenty on top of a forty, what happens? What actually starts happening is the forty in the middle starts to bend because it's not designed for that weight. So uh, it was funny because our one of our construction guys calls me one day. He's like, "Hey, I'm looking at the burn building. It looks like it's sagging in the middle." I'm like, "No, it's not." And I actually drove by. I'm like, Ooh, "You can actually see the bend <laughs> in the middle." So what we had to go do is we had to get a big steel beam and put it all in and, <laughs> and then he, we had to jack it up with the hydraulics from that truck like we actually use the spreaders for the truck to get the get a position and it was quite the process <laughs> had holes in the middle of that 42 like yeah. a door hole yeah a door hole right hole. where yeah so yeah we were weakening it yeah. and keep in mind every, well. yeah, every time you cut a hole in a, in a secan which we started learning is um, well we knew but we you have to cut holes because you can't just have a metal box um, is it weakens it so when you go to lift it later you're going to have issues <laughs> So um, you don't need to be structural engineers. It's nice if you've got one on your crew, but you don't need to be, especially, I mean, like Scott said, um, it sounds like we went a little bit crazy straight out of the gate and then learned as we went. But as long as you've got one can to start. Well, and I think that's where I was going to lead you next. Um, our, so our next, so that was our main burn building. So our next iteration of the burn building was for seminar because our seminar is, is offsite. It's at, it's at our local community center. And for the for the longest time, people were like, there was not a lot of live burn at seminars. Like we had some, we had we had the odd car fire, some yeah, propane fire, fire stuff. Fire. We had the local gas company uh, run a gas line. Um, we had some all right, but we never had any actual burn building live fire. And it sounded like it was other than if you actually went to a seminar where they where the department had its own burn building, you'd have to go to their training ground and do it, which meant a lot of shipping people around. Buses so we got the idea of like why can't we make a portable burn building which is something that as far as I know no one's ever done <laughs> until now so all we did we got a secan we got a 20 foot secan because really there's a lot you can do and this is probably where um, Chris or small departments this is where you can really get your training in because you're not going to build a giant burn building like we did probably like a starter yeah it's, yeah it's like a starter pack because because now what we have was we've attached more to this so now we have a second burn building as carl said earlier in our first portable burn building was literally a 20-foot secan we left the wood floor in and we knowing it was going to burn out <laughs> so we put we tried some heat shielding with i think we lifted we put some cinder blocks underneath yeah and uh, then those uh some fiber bo or concrete board cement board cement board um and the cage thing, the yeah, a, a cage, cage that yeah. Rob got yeah. from where he works. Um, 
and actually one of the one of the good things is when you cut a sea can so we we had cut a window out of the sea can because we're we were making it for venting mainly like we were making this we were, spencer my idea was to make this um it's a venting simulator and it, it actually ends up being a whole bunch of things now but um it was mainly for venting because that's really what you're doing to do and i mean uh hydraulic vent or not i mean um positive, positive, pressure. Pressure. Yeah, positive pressure. pressure not roof venting even though you could do roof venting um for the american listeners because canadians don't do a lot of roof venting anymore which we'll talk about because that's another about, thing yeah, that, which we're probably talking about yeah but you could well we'll talk about that um so this portable sea can when we cut the window out we're like oh we have this piece of metal oh look at that it sits on the ground on top of this heat shielding and now we have a, a basically a tray for the burning material to sit on which is pallets so we've cut two we cut a big window and mainly for clean out and adding um, material to, and then we have a little building, or a little window that's more like an actual window size for venting and such. And then our first iteration of this, we opened, so the big barn doors in the end, that was where we entered from. And we actually attached a hallway out of wood to that one, which worked, but when we burned for a whole weekend at seminar, every evolution, the guys were actually attacking a hallway fire because <laughs> Because it got so hot in the burn building, it's obviously rolling out into the hallway, and the hallway's catching on fire like an actual. It's actually we actually had a structure fire every every, <laughs> every cycle, but the guys would just put it out because it's a structure fire. Like like who cares? We know how to put out a fire. It's not like there's a, any a void space it's going to get to. It just burns into the wall and then maybe burns behind it, and we put it on the other side. So um, that was our first chance. So you can build like a hallway out of wood outside of the burn thing. Just be in mind, keep in mind that it's going to catch on fire they're cheap cheap materials to replace too if you do burn them down yeah and we just went to the old we just went to a lumber mill and asked for uh some of the off like the bent wood and stuff we never got like we got some lifts sent to us and they were always like a little bit warped so you don't have to get spend a bunch of money on that most people give firefighting firefighter especially when you're a volunteer free material all the time just have to have an open mind on how you can do stuff yeah ask the questions too so <clears throat> So that costs about 2500 bucks to build. For the whole thing? Yeah. 2500 bucks. There you have it. And we can do... So that's about 18 bucks American, so... <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, we can do pretty much most of this stuff other than above and below grade. Like, we can do fire tack, you can do short building search, um, you can do venting, you can do all sorts of things. Um, you can get rookies to sit in there and watch the fire, like a cold start. I was going to say, probably you're going to do a lot of burning in there. You're going to have a lot of burned off materials and ash and chunks of wood and stuff left behind. Make sure that you have an easy way to get that stuff out of there when you want to get it out. Or even a way to drain water out because... Yeah, I think we figured that out by... Yeah, I think what we did is we just put it, we just put some shims underneath one end and at least that it caused water to drain. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the floor eventually burns out. It's not a big deal. You can just put some material down. Or if you just leave the ashes in long enough, eventually you build up a layer of <laughs> burnt material. That's <laughs> gross in there right now. Yeah, yeah it's pretty bad. I was, I was actually still. just thinking, like, you know, I, can, I could probably shoot with my camera. It would be it would be worth doing, I think, mm-hmm. for us as well, for, for training stuff and for getting the practice stuff on there. But also for us to put up so people can see what we've got now. Because yeah. again, we started with nothing, and now mm-hmm. we've got like we've got two burn buildings, and we've got the search building, and it's like changeable, and 
Well, yeah, so what we've done now, yeah, we've added, so from that one portable sea can, we've added another 20-foot sea can in, like, an L, cut a hole in the side for a door. So now we have, now it won't burn, like, the hallway, but that's our hallway. And then from there, we've, like I think we said before, we've added these, all these 20-footers, almost like a G, I guess. That's what it would look like from mm -hmm. above, is a G. Mm -hmm. And so that leads into a hallway for hallway search. Um, that leads into a little search area, um, a kind of a multi-level search room that's inside a 20-foot sea can, which is crazy. That's where you get carpenters who have imagination. Mm -hmm. Like Andrew was like, yeah. I remember I went in there after Andrew was in there for a while building, and I'm like, what the? Like, it was crazy. Like, he's got stairs that lift up. So when the guys are searching blind, he can lift the stairs up and they go right around and then we know they went around. The, so you leave guys in the 20-foot sea can for hours. <laughs> just screw <with> them. <laughs> and then we've cut a hole in the side of the wall for that, which leads into our VIS room. Um, so that leads into a whole other area. And the good thing about it is still all portable, so we can take it apart, just like Lego, take it back to seminar and reuse it again. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that, that <laughs> yeah, 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 you just yeah. need a crane that can lift that much weight, yeah. and you're good. Mm -hmm. But um, so hire the right guy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, getting these things, as you can hear, you know, like getting these things. The initial cost of of this was the sea can. Everything else was time and effort from our guys. That's who ended up putting this together. The ideas and things all came from the minds of our guys. Um, and then for any material that we needed, we reached out to local places to see if we could get that stuff for free or cheap. Um, and if you've got guys that are in construction, or again, any town normally has a construction company, or there maybe there's a lumber mill just a little bit further down the road. Like these things, again, like, like Scott said, they throw a lot of this wood out. If you drive by, they've got piles and piles of like wood outside of these places. This free. But go ask if you want something different. Mm -hmm. Maybe they've already got something. Maybe you can get someone from there to come down and give you a hand. Just to ask the question. Same as metal. You can find metal pieces everywhere too. Yeah. Um, I was thinking because I was what I was thinking as one thing you alluded to, Chris was um, he'd send us some pictures of their ventilation. Yes. Which, and and I understand like in the in the states they do still do mainly vertical ventilation. Whereas up here, like we said, we do mainly um, positive pressure ventilation with a fan or um, or hydraulics. Or, like We don't use a lot of vertical. Like, we don't go on a roof much anymore. Um, but for that, I was thinking, I don't know if it's the way that my mind always works, trying to figure out a way to make a burn building <laughs> more uh, usable. But if you just got some metal braces, I think, they could easily put that on top of their burn building. Like uh, if you got a 20-foot sea can, cut a vent hole in the top that would be open and closable like we have right now mm -hmm. in our big burn building. Yeah. We have that vent so we can make um, the rollover happen in the in the rollover room. But if you cut a vent in your roof that has a flap on it, like we put some, I think we got some old door hinges yeah. and we put a steel we, and, and we quickly found out, oh, how are we going to open and close this thing? Let's use a pike pole. Oh no, it gets like really, really hot up there and pike poles melt. So we actually had to put a... Uh, it's a like the chain and a just a steel pipe. Steel like pipe. A, yeah. We walk into that thing all the time. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's, so that's what we use for opening and You're closing the, the roof flap. But I, I'm just thinking today, if, if they may build a metal frame on top of this on a slant and then just had a way to slide in pieces of plywood, they could open that roof vent and literally you could do full-on roof venting. It'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, actually, I, I, <laughs> like, I wish we did more roof venting because I think I can make a pretty cool prop. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we don't. <laughs> well, no. I'm still thinking. <laughs> no. So... Um, it's easy enough. Like if you have a sea can, you can do all sorts of stuff with just one 20 foot sea can, and that's really all you need. 
Use your, your imagination. Yeah. yeah. And don't, like, worst thing to do is pull out a fire manual and start reading a million codes and go like, oh, this is so daunting. One of the best things to do is go on YouTube and be like, hey, look at that. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> we, and uh, start playing around with it. <laughs> yeah. I think... Um, you're, you're right, and I think a lot of a lot of maybe what even Chris has been dealing with. I know he said that the town has been, um, or the officials and the people that he's talking to, maybe even the chief too, maybe he's still trying to sell it to him as well. But uh, I know that part of the discussion was that the town is actually worried that somebody may get hurt, and maybe the liabilities of those things with with burn buildings, etc. Now um, I don't know how insurance and things works down there, but I do know that as a firefighter, I would much rather be hurt in training than die on a scene. And with sea cans and things and the things that you're buying to help train you, those are the things that actually are going to help keep you alive when you're actually doing the job that the town is having you do. Anyone else got any thoughts on this? I think when it comes to live fire training in a sea can, what what you want to be able to take to your superiors, be it the chief or the town or whatever your governing body is, you want to be able to show that your training, it's a dangerous thing. All the stuff that we use got a high level of danger to it, but you're, you're taking that down to a, a very controlled <clears throat> environment where if you're training in a controllable environment, so your skill levels are much higher when you go into that uncontrolled environment which is going to be a house on fire somewhere within your responding area you really have to sell the safety factor that hey we can get all of our members locally you got to pitch that that funding you know sure it's going to be some dollars up front even for us like we got x amount of members trained for trainers so now we are certified firefighter trainers that we, we do for in-house for in-house only correct yeah so there's we could have spent extra dollars where we walked away with this and now we're certified to train everybody but we're a small rural firefighter department we don't need to train people in the we neighboring don't, we don't need pro whatever yeah exactly so we don't need to be signed off on that but uh, so we went ahead and did that so now we don't have to send people away we have the facility we are now signed off on it. So these are all things that you could be working towards as well. Um, but really pitch that that safety first, because that's everybody's really worried about safety. So pitch that, pitch the whole financial side of it, that you're not shipping all of your, your members away for wherever they might be. I was trying to remember everything that he wrote in there, but yeah, I mean, if, if you're having to ship all of your people to a different town, now you have members that are away, so you don't have people at home to protect your area, especially if they're you know short on manpower. Anyway, you don't even know what? who's who's gonna have that, right? I was putting up the the oh. information from Chris. I don't know what that is. Oh, that's my buddy's painting. Yeah. Sorry, I just pulled up Facebook because mm -hmm. uh, uh, <laughs> I was just looking for the message from Chris. So that I thought that was that other message it. the other night there. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. Um, yeah, Scott, you were going to say. Um, and not only, like, if you have to go away for live fire, how often do you do that? Like, we went once when we didn't have a burn building. We all got to go once. It's very rare, very few of us ever got to go twice. Um, so you don't get 
that stress inoculation like we talked about. I, and I think that's the one of the biggest things, not even only just learning how to do things properly. It's a stress inoculation of dealing with fire rolling over your head. And I notice our guys when we deal with actual real fires when we go now and like like, yeah, we're not, <laughs> we're not, and it, and some people are like, well, that means you're not, you, sh- you should still be worried. Oh no, we're, we're safe about it, oh, yeah. but we understand, we're not freaking out about it. We understand how the fire is probably going to react because it's fire. It's, it's science. <laughs> it's going <laughs> to probably do the same thing most, most Thanks, of the time. <laughs> so we know, we understand it a little bit more. I mean, it's still a training fire. Like I always tell our guys, when, especially when we get new rookies, I'm like, this is still a training fire. You're still only burning pallets. Make sure you're only burning pallets. No gasoline, no diesel. Um, Super important. Yeah. I mean, every once in a while, you may want to, you know, see what actually happens when you put a couch in there, but definitely don't do that. That's not regular. That's not your regular night of burning. And we still, when we do it, it's like we've done it maybe twice and it, and it's going to wreck your burn building. It's going to put a, it's going to put a lot of strain in that burn building because a sink gun really isn't designed to be burned to the extent of, uh, if you start burning regular couches and stuff in there, because it gets a lot hotter. BTUs are like triple the amount. So pallets, but it's still a fire that's rolling over your head and you're getting used to it. Spence? That's the way that you keep your, your training fire controllable by not using yep. these fuels, only mm-hmm. using Class A materials, wood. Yeah. Um, pallets are super yep. effective yeah. for that. And you that. get those easily. Cheap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, as soon as you introduce, um, like, fuel, gasoline or diesel or whatever, that's when it becomes uncontrollable because you don't know what the mixture is and when it's going to explode or... I Whatever. think there's a couple of YouTube videos about that. <laughs> I've <laughs> seen a couple of doors doing silly things. Yeah. 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 So wood only folks. Rob. I think repetition is key. And because we have a burn building now, we're using it a lot. Our guys are going through it a lot. When I first joined, when Scott first joined, we didn't have that. Um, so you go to a uh, live burn at another facility and you do that once. If you're lucky enough to go twice, like Scott said earlier, um, and then that's it. You might not see that live burn for a while until something's actually on fire. fire, And do you remember what to do? Because how are we going to train on that afterwards? We're not going to be able to simulate that in a way in a a cold room or just by drawing it out on a whiteboard. Uh, And two, down the road, do you have an actual fire where... Maybe you had one session of live fire and something happens, somebody gets injured on a call or something where maybe your department doesn't have a lot of training on and you're going and doing something that maybe you shouldn't be trained because you haven't trained a lot on and doing something you shouldn't have um, that can come back on you. That might be something that you can use as not a justification, but a a way to... um, Justify. Justify. But it is a way to justify. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to bring those types of concerns up to your chief, to your town, your council, your county, whoever um, manages you and your funds and training to maybe say, hey, look, we're doing these types of fires and we're not getting a lot of training on it because we don't have this. Yeah. Yeah, I know that um, where where Chris is, he said that there's a lot of uh, a lot of old wood construction as well. Mm-hmm. So they they deal, yeah. Like and yeah. the fires, I'm sure that they're dealing with, 
and they're probably just surrounding drowning a lot of them but what happens when a situation comes where you need to get in and you start needing to rescue people from inside that house you know if you haven't trained being in that heat and yeah. having that heat above you it's a very different feeling and now you've not only you've got the stress of having to try and save someone's life but now you're trying to you're learning this whole new thing about heat and your gear and how you can't see and breathe in and everything and you're doing all that at once and now not only are the people in the building that were there they're in the in one lot of danger but you've just put your firefighters in there too and what you're going to stand by and just let that continue now you watch them and hear them in there you're not going to do that you're going to go in yeah a couple things um like rob said i was going to bring up that whole (laughs) repetition is key uh we put up a quick little video the other day uh from our uh uh, building search building practice mm-hmm. and it was the uh, the old silent video that was just missing the old Benny Hill music there it was because we're in and out, in and out, in and out. <laughs> but that's what it is though you know you drill that repetition in you're in and out you're you're doing it over and over and over again so it is that second nature to you um, it comes back to like we've all been saying you go to a live fire once and oh okay that was that was good like, yeah it was hot but then you, you don't you don't you know see that you'll feel that for another two years i mean you go into a eight years eight years whatever (laughs) yeah you go into a you know fully involved structure fire you don't remember that heat you don't remember how dark it is how smoky it is how crazy it is in there right you need to be in that as often as possible so it is like we say our 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 guys love it they're like oh yeah this it's it's crazy this house is on fire shit's (laughs) happening but we're used to it and i think the best thing that i heard was actually xander one of our our newer members went through a uh, our our province has a, a mobile live fire building where they bring that in and uh when it works when it when it works <laughs> yeah it's uh they got it's a smoke machine our, our mobile life fire building's better better oh yeah well and that's it right like it's not run by it's, electronics it's run it's by fire electronics <laughs> smoke machines and propane and it's a great simulator for the people that don't have it but one of our new members went through this and he had only been on for month or two like he was very very fresh first recruit class first yeah. recruit class yeah he was Rendered the first system. cycle of our current system and he's he was going up against multiple year firefighters guys that have been in semi-neighboring departments for many years and he's like yeah I, I looked around and not to feel overconfident but he felt that he was further ahead the skills that he had learned because we have what we have available uh, and these other people were going in there and they were back you know backing down when when the flames started to roll and he's like oh this is just another Thursday for us Mm-hmm. So having that, where you're that comfortable, is is just huge. Thursday. Hashtag. Trademark. Yeah. 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 It's uh, you you need to be you need to have that, and I think you know that's obviously what Chris is trying to get across, uh, as to you know, this is important, Scott. Yeah, like because uh, you can use acquired structures without lighting them on fire, but even the other night we were um when we were doing the search building stuff. Um, the last week we went right on the right into, I smoked the building out right away. The previous week I actually was like, oh yeah, this is kind of a new, new search option. Let's do, uh, let's do it dry. Let's do it like 
pretend wise. And I, I had we hadn't done a pretend one for a while because we have these structures we use, and uh, I could tell right away when by running no smoke, just guys were pretending they in the in here. You could see the training was different. Everyone they didn't really care as much. They weren't as urgent. They they could still see the smoke wasn't down on their head. So then I'm like, after they did one round, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of sloppy. Okay, we're gonna light some uh, we're gonna light some stuff up now. <laughs> And then I noticed right away everything ramps itself up. Smoke's pouring out. There was a little bit of heat. I mean, we didn't have a full burn building going, but we, you know, we added some heat, some uh, stress, some smoke. Um, they were on BAs and they were actually on air now, breathing and trying to communicate. And yeah, just by doing that, really ramps that up. Um, sometimes I think about it like live fire is like if you learn to drive a car. If all you ever did was you took your driver's test, drove the car a couple of times, passed your driver's test, and they said okay, and they took your car away. <laughs> And then whenever, every once in a while, you might need to drive your car again. Okay, you're going to drive your car. Oh, I don't really know how. <laughs> but I'm going to drive my car around and knock over a bunch of bottles. <laughs> That's what happens when you train right here. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you, you have to keep training on this thing. Like, just learning a thing and getting a certificate once is not going to keep those skills up. That's why I'm not a big fan of, like, us going to outside um, training. And just getting a certificate for the sake of having a certificate. If we get a certificate and send someone who can teach after they come back, that's what we want. Mm -hmm. We want to we want to build that. We want to do it like a force multiplier. We want to take what we learn from them and come back and teach it to our guys. But if you're just getting, if we're just sending guys out to get certificates to come back and be like, oh look at all the certificates we have, well it's not going to help. Like in six months from now, you're going to forget everything you learned. Okay. <laughs> Similar to what Scott was saying there, it's kind of like uh, it reminds me thinking back to medic training doing your uh, first aid courses and stuff like that and you get into that oh yeah I'm doing this check and you're not you have to pretend that the guy's gushing blood and stuff like that well they get all those courses where the guy they bring in actors and then put on all the all the makeup and stuff like that get them screaming to get medics trained and used to those kind of situations because that's what they're going to be working in yeah <laughs> rather than yeah doing the dry run and oh yeah here's my buddy just sitting there and we're joking around and i'm patting him down like that it's not the same yeah well we had the conversation as well with the training dummies right like yeah um yeah training dummies um excellent tool but guys get sloppy when you use training dummies because they don't care um, so that Rick course that we took was the first time that we used live people really and there was a difference and yeah. there was a huge difference so we brought that back and when you use live people the um, the care goes up the patient care is actually there yeah it, right. it actually has to be there because yeah. it's an actual person I mean the good thing about live patients uh, for RIT especially is because when you're rescuing a down firefighter who's live inside the burn building he has to have his air pack on <laughs> so he's a firefighter when you go in there he's a guy with an air pack on and wearing all his gear and it's perfect. Um, the dummies are good because they simulate basically a, a, a victim who has no air pack and no cl clothes on essentially some days and they're just laying there. So there's a good point for that but also patient care goes, usually goes out the window. It, yeah. It like I think I said really takes did, I, did I say on the podcast or was I just telling you like we did the search thing and um, a couple of weeks ago and I come around and the, and the first, one of the patients is kind of unceremoniously dumped out the window and all twisted him, and it was a dummy and I'm like we pulled everybody together I said, hey, I know it's hard, but it's this is a real life person. And after that, the guys understood. They are like, okay. So they, they pulled their game together and treated every dummy as a real person. Yeah. I mean, but you got to be on people for that. Just Don't just let them drag dummies around. I know when 
Spencer and I used to run uh, the writ course at our seminar or at other seminars when we go we'd be screaming at them patient care patient care we'd deduct marks if they're if they start grabbing them by their head we'd start adding seconds to their time and you know when it's a competition guys are like oh they don't want to lose so they're you know they don't want to get those seconds added to their time or, or us screaming at them or you know so <laughs> we talked a little bit about um arbor and building kind of that process um, as to how we got there and the things that maybe you can do to get hold of those materials. Obviously, we've talked about it in fundraiser episodes and just buying seed cans and wood and things and finding those, we can do that. Let's maybe talk a little bit about planting the seeds now, um, talking about kind of how we get into that, Scott. Um, before we plant the seeds, let's talk about location. Okay. Mm -hmm. As uh, yeah, Carl is in real estate, <laughs> location, yeah, location, location, location. location. Yeah. Um, we were lucky enough, as I said, to get a free piece of property given to us. Um, a lot of people aren't going to be that lucky. So I know when this question first came up, my instant reaction, I think I texted back right away because there's a city up north from us that when I first saw their burn building, which is a really small burn building, it's a pretty big city. Um, their burn building was located at their dump or their sanitary landfill, whatever they call it nowadays, <laughs> at the dump. <laughs> and, I, and, and when I texted that, because I don't think Spencer knew where theirs was originally, and he said, that's like genius, because basically you have material to burn, because there's usually pallets and stuff sitting there. You could kind of just push it out of your burn building, <laughs> and it's back into the dump. So as long as you have a, like a kind of a, a side area where you can do this stuff, it's a great place to do it, because it's typically owned by the government it's not owned by a private owner so it's a great place to a free place to have a burn building located if you don't have it if you're not lucky enough to have a proper training ground so that's yeah typically dumps or landfills are sort of out away from mm -hmm. everybody's civilization yeah. kind of thing mm -hmm. so you can burn there without you know your neighbors being too concerned about but i hope our town never kicks us out of our training ground to go to the dump yeah, stop making things portable, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said you can just pick it up and move it. Damn it. No. That was last week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. we bought it. Um, yeah, so look, with location, I think uh, as well, if you if you can't, obviously if you can't find the dump and things like that, and you can't get it there, maybe another option is once you've kind of picked an area that you think you could potentially get, you could even ask the neighbors in that area and talk to them. But sell it in a way that is positive so hey you know as firefighters blah 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 we're looking to get our training up uh we're looking at burn getting a burn building and we want to put it over here it would mean that we are going to be burning at certain times but the benefits to you is a you know like sell it to them as opposed to that and then get them on board for when you need to take this into the higher powers kept well the thing is like for us too we're not burning all year round we only burn in burning spring fall winter yeah, spring fall. Yeah when it's viable and so it's not like every week there's smoke going into our neighbor's property yeah one of the processes that we did uh when we first started our training grounds um was there was a group of us we were in a committee and um we canvassed every single neighbor we thought about that would be impacted smoke by this yeah smoke directions and noise and ugliness and stuff like that um and we canvassed everybody we made up we made up pamphlets. Yeah, we, you remember the yeah, pamphlets? I, I don't remember that. I know we made pamphlets. We made up pamphlets, and uh, we had overhead pictures from Google Earth and stuff, and uh, yeah. all sorts of different stuff in these pamphlets. And we went around to these, to all the neighbors that might be affected, and knocked on doors. 
hey, this is what we want to do. Here's a pamphlet. We also had an open house, so we followed up with that. Read the pamphlet. If you've got any questions, we'd love to talk to you on such and such a day. Come on down to the fire hall. We'll have stuff set up and uh, ready to talk to you about this that we'd like to bring into your neighborhood. Um, and we were terribly concerned. We thought, you know, there's going to be all this backlash and people hating the idea. Nobody showed up to the open house. That's Everybody a, thought it was a great. I forgot open we had an open house because no one showed up. Yeah, nobody, <laughs> not a single person. We were all there in our dress uniforms, and we were going to be all spiffy and tell these people what a great idea this is going to be, and please be on board. Everyone was just on board because yeah. it's a, it's a good training tool. I mean, since that time, we have noticed some days we we do go a little excessive, especially now that we we we're up to two burn buildings and some other props. And we've we've actually just recently had a discussion of, of possibly going back to the neighbors and and seeing how things are going, and possibly giving them some <laughs> some you know gift certificates to a local restaurant or something. You know, maybe they can go out on a, For a Thursday way. night. Oh yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Because it is so invaluable not to lose. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so invaluable not to lose our training ground. Mm-hmm. And I think the important thing is, uh, for the most part, our burn like the burn buildings, like Spencer said earlier, we don't burn weird stuff in there. It's it's mainly. Um, pallets, which pallets is just wood. So it, essentially, it's kind of yeah, some hay hay stinks a little bit, but it's it's basically like a campfire smoke. Um, mm. The odd time we do a car fire down there, um, but it's very rare. And usually, it's like the first burn is really nasty, and then after that, you know, as the material burns out of the car, it's like it's just a it's another it's basically a sea can without any walls on it anymore. Yeah. So we just throw pallets in that and use it as a car fire. So the the smoke isn't too too terrible. Um, it's some days it's thick, but it's only one night a week, and like uh, Kevin said, we don't do it. We, you know, it's like when we're we were doing a, pl- a training meeting, a planning meeting the other day, and it's like we we have a time frame where we run out, we run out of time to do live burn, and that's usually June ish. We start going, okay, we really have to throttle back the live burn because it's gonna start getting too hot. We don't want to light a grass fire. We also are into like the no burning season in this area, so we want to uh, not be the people. Oh, we're the fire department. We get to burn whatever we want. No, we want to respect are no burning as much mm-hmm. as everybody else should respect it. So Scott's talking about all this burning that we do and creating all this smoke. There are nights where we don't load the burn building up with pallets and do all this burning and smoke making, or we do make smoke, but we use other devices. And Scott has come up, researched and found this smoke powder. Um, oh, I researched it. Well, <laughs> maybe from his... Well, I think I talked Youth. about it. Yeah, the old anarchist cookbook. Um, yeah, you talked about that. Thirteen years old. Saltpeter, which is potassium nitrate, sugar. It's like I mean, there's a ratio you should use. It's basically you don't need much of either. Um, well, yeah, sorry, you need a lot of both. But yeah, <laughs> but not, <laughs> you don't not, need a lot of either. Sorry, I meant to say lots of both. Worst, say, worst cook ever. <laughs> I meant to say you don't need to be exact with your proportions. Uh, I think it's like. Three to one, uh, saltpeter for sugar. So you buy saltpeter; it's a fertilizer. So you buy it in a big fifty-pound bag of it. So you ten, twenty pounds of sugar, pour it in, mix it up. Go take a couple teaspoons outside, test it. Um, if you if you burn it on your asphalt, don't like expect your asphalt to be good at the end because it will burn a hole through the asphalt. It burns very, very hot. That's one thing about this stuff: is it burns incredibly hot and it sparks everywhere. So keep that in mind. Um, so the kind of the new way I've been smoking the building out, obviously smoke powder isn't probably going to be NFPA approved, um, but you're not using it solely. 
Um, it's a but it's an excellent way to get hay going really well, and it provides that first kind of dose of smoke because it really like when you do it, it's going to be crazy. Like, be prepared for the amount of smoke it's going to generate. Um, so what I've been doing lately is taking a couple handfuls of that, putting it on top of uh, like a a third um, of a bale of hay, and uh, just touching it with either a tiger torch or a, a lighter. It takes a little bit to get going with just a standard lighter, um, but once it's going, you're not putting it out. And it's gonna burn the hay, and then as soon as the, as soon as everything starts smoking, if the hay's actually on fire, just pat it out with your glove, and because uh, you want it, you want it smoldering. You don't want a fire. Because one thing uh, I know Warren commented the other day when we were in, because I didn't have a hot fire burning. He was like, "Man, this is there's a lot of smoke in there." I said, "Yeah," I said, and we were discussing it's because we weren't actually burning anything in there, so it wasn't super hot. So it wasn't the smoke wasn't getting pushed out with the heat, and it wasn't. Injecting and also wasn't getting eaten up. It was that it was just sitting there. It was almost like a, a smoker. I have a smoker now. <laughs> so it was, all, it was just kind of sitting there, um, smoking us. <laughs> and we all smelled like smoke after. Anyway, I walked up to Spencer afterwards. And he's like, "You stink," because <laughs> it's, it's kind of gross hay smelling. But it's really good, thick, dense smoke, um, and you don't need to be burning lots of stuff. So. so great that we talked about one of the other episodes again it's a really easy method of creating smoke for your folks in a any space really obviously you want to try and do it in an actual sealed space it definitely helps to try and create an atmosphere um so we've kind of talked about a lot of the different aspects i want to go over and start chatting a little bit about the um the kind of seed planting and the conversation that you're going to have and the people that you're going to target and uh, the, the way you're going to actually get these thoughts into people's heads to allow them to be on board and push you where you want to be. So <clears throat> let's talk to one of the seed planter extraordinaires, the gardener who can't cook, apparently. I cook. <laughs> Just you got smoke, don't you? Crappy <laughs> ration. Scott, how do you normally end up, I mean, kind of moving these things forward? Uh, planting seeds is important like you said it's like the most important thing and it's it's like gaining almost like gaining our allies like you don't want to just present it as a and I, I know a couple of times uh, I know Matt came to me once because he was uh, trying to bring something up in a meeting one night and he made the, the critical error of bringing up cold in a meeting and just bringing it up randomly and everyone's just like what? like you, if you surprise everybody with it you're done your, your seed dies a horrible death <laughs> and you will you'll die over the winter without vegetables <laughs> my go with you are we vikings now not sure uh, no i think they just stole stuff from people <laughs> um so you have to kind of you start with like people that are definitely open-minded so i you know go to spencer hey what do you think of this Oh, that's it. That's a good idea. If Spencer said, no, you're an idiot, I'd be like, oh, hey, Rob, what do you think of this? <laughs> if they both said you're an idiot, I'd be like, maybe I'm an idiot. <laughs> maybe I should go back to the drawing board. Or maybe you pass the wrong people. Yeah. yeah. But typically, you're going to know who to ask. And you're going to ask out guys who are open-minded, guys who are willing to change. Usually, those are the... Eh, typically, they're, they're the younger guys in the department and the guys that want to progress. Um, so you, you bring them up with them. And then you slowly, it takes a little bit. It's not like an easy thing. It's easier to bring it up at a meeting one night. Be like, hey, I think we should do this. That's easy right to go, but you're, I'm mean, going to guarantee nine times out of 10, you're going to get shot down. So you have to make a slow, you have to work at it. It's like campaigning. Mm -hmm. You have to be like, hey, can we, what do you guys think? And you're going to build your kind of 
allies. Hopefully, eventually, you get the entire crew on board. So when you do bring it up, everyone's like, yeah, I already heard this. <laughs> and it's just going to go. Yeah. Um, that's ideally what you want. You have to have the um, everything kind of laid out. Like, I don't just bring stuff up. I think about it for weeks at a time. And like Bob says now, when I bring something up to him, he goes, I know you've... And he actually, we talked about this the other night. He goes, I know you've t- thought about this um, a lot. But you've only you've only given me two minutes to think about it, so give me some time to think about it. <laughs> so we're in we're in that relationship now. I'll bring something up to Bob and I'll let him hash it over. I said, okay, well you got twenty minutes to think about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing up in twenty minutes. <laughs> but no, for the most part, like I will as soon as I come up with the idea and hash it out the way I think it should be done, and hopefully get all the angles, I'll bring it up to Bob and you guys, and we bring that we start planting those seeds. And it's got, and it gets easier over the years because people start to trust your instincts, I guess. Like trust them not steering you wrong. Because <laughs> I mean, even the other night, like our burn, like our buildings are growing every time. And, and from the time when we first had to do that first burn building, the amount of effort that took to like even last week, we wanted uh, Spencer had an idea he wanted to extend the current the second burn building right now to another. How many sea cans do we have now? <laughs> It's 10 all together. And so we got 10 sea <coughs> cans all together. Yeah. So we, we wanted an so 11. six down there. So uh, I'm all gearing up for, okay, this is going to be a battle. So I'm seed planting away <laughs> and get to the meeting. And yeah. Yeah, we, we should have another one. It's a great thing. What? What's this happen? <laughs> Everyone's kind of like looking like, what just happened? <laughs> but it's because everyone now recognizes the need for it. And that's where you need to get to. Once you start showing the need and the, use and the value of it guys are going to like it and I honestly think we've talked about this before this is what brings people to your department is if you have good training and people see that you're having fun on Thursdays and you're and you're learning stuff and you're kind of becoming like a badass firefighters they're going to want to join they're not going to they don't want to join a department that's just sitting there with a whiteboard and in classrooms like when people show classroom pictures and they're on Facebook oh we're learning this and I'm like oh that's really exciting I know it's important but that's not what draws recruits and <laughs> draws people to want to volunteer with you. They want to see fire and smoke and flames. That's what fire is about. Yeah. It's not all it's about. Ash. That comes back to your, I don't know if you've said it on here, I think you have your uh, leadership capital. Yeah. Mm. You go out there and you run some kick-ass training. You can spend some of that in the classroom. Because yeah. nobody wants to sit in front of that whiteboard or that or that chalkboard. But when they know, you know what, we're gonna have a really good live fire at the end of this, people will sit through it. So that's how you get your new people. That's how you keep sort of the veterans that have been around for a while. That's how you keep them engaged, is knowing that that awesome training is gonna be on on the backside of that uh, maybe not so awesome uh, classroom session. Yeah. I think people really do wanna work hard. They really want to, like, yeah. as much as sometimes people joke, I don't want to work hard. Um, they do want to have hard training. They want to get pushed. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to shine. Yeah, yeah there we go. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. They want to be something that other people don't do. I know. Uh, <clears throat> it's weird. I'm I'm used to, from the other side of the pond over at SAR, before I came here, I'd be like, oh, what are we doing tonight? Oh, we're out in the field. Ugh. <laughs> right where now I get a text like hey buddy what are we training tonight 
And I'm like, oh, well, you know, you don't want to tell guys because then, you know, you want it to kind of unravel as it goes. But uh, I'll be like, ah, we're, we're going to burn tonight. Boom. You got ex extra people that were maybe on the fence because um, we all have personal lives and work and families and all that stuff, right? But then they hear, oh, it's going to be a live fire lighter. Oh, it's going to be Autolex where we're, you know, using tools. We're cutting cars apart. Oh, I don't want to miss that. So if it was going to be, you hate to say that, that lesser, lamer practice, maybe like, oh, maybe, maybe this is the time that I have to choose X or Y. But when it's going to be that live fire, that, that live whatever, you know what? I better be there because I want to better myself. This is fun. This is challenging. I want to be there. So. Good. It seems like as you change the culture within the department to make it more training oriented, you really start seeing the the dead weight. <laughs> it starts coming forward. Like a lot of people start complaining about the, the training or they don't put in that extra effort. It gets they, less and less people over time. Yeah, and they end yeah. up either going away or going into the background more. And some of them step up. Like, some guys who didn't want to do any of this stuff, they started realizing, oh, this is actually pretty cool. So they'll, they'll step up. Yeah. And they'll, now, now they're right, they're right invested into it. Culture change is almost <clears throat> an entire episode on its own. It's, it's something that you're not going to do in a week, month, or sometimes even a year. Like, it takes a long time to get people on board. And sometimes... It takes a complete change in management to be able to shift anyone in any direction um, because you still have that power at the top that is blocking everything from the bottom. It's a, it's a different struggle. Well, I think even like, I know this is a little off topic from burn building, but with the culture change, um, right now our culture change that we're trying to, we're trying to instill is, is the decon. And we're getting there now. We're sl slowly building. Um, but again, it's baby steps. You have to, you know. Started just with rinsing off the gross material, or sorry, yeah, started with, yeah, rinsing off our material, then getting a wash machine, washing our gear regularly. Now we might start doing some, a little bit more decon, and, um, yeah. we got to build up our decon packs. Yeah, but it's, mm -hmm. gonna, yeah, you have to change the culture. Because yeah. for the longest time, it's like, yeah, I look badass, look how dirty I am. <laughs> well, it's still, it's still very much the mentality now for a lot of people, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, it's still there, it's still... You get that smoke and soot, the firefighters yeah. stench from you yeah, see all these so, things yeah, on the internet like eh, eh, it smells <laughs> like cancer to me so yeah. let's maybe wash that off quick <laughs> yeah being alive at 75 is probably where I want to be now. <laughs> mindsets mm -hmm. they're all different so um, the the kind of questions and things that I think and I, I love the pamphlet idea for the burn building thing it's a great idea mm -hmm. things like that that are really small that you can do to hand out to the people around you just gauge the kind of responses what what I tend to do for anything that I'm about to have a conversation for with anyone, whether it's a customer or something, or I'm trying to get something, if I'm trying to, even if I'm trying to buy something, I'm trying to negotiate, I ask the questions that they're going to ask me to myself before I go in there and I make the answers a yes. So I, I target specifically where I think things are going to go wrong. I, I ask someone else, hey, if I said this to you, try and shut me down. What would you say to, to shut me down? This is Carl pre nightclub, pre bar. <laughs> Let me in. <laughs> um, that's what I do. <laughs> I tend to go through that process, figure out what the answers what are. Figure out 
figure out your no's. <laughs> make them yeses. And if that doesn't work, talk to somebody and make it their idea instead. That's another good way of doing it too. Maybe you've got some people in your department that are super gung-ho and they're the ones that people like to listen to. Those are definitely people you want in your alliance, but maybe you can make it their idea. You can kind of be the background guy, just kind of pushing that, that one voice forward a little bit to kind of get your point across. But again, stack your chips first and get all your answers, do all your homework and know where people are going to start shutting you down so that you can have the answers to start those questions. And a small burn building is probably the one of the safest burn buildings. I mean, if you start off with a 24PC can, safety is pretty pretty easy to ensure. I mean, even if you don't put anything else in other than open the back barn doors and cut a window on the one end, like open one of the doors that simulate a door, you could vent, you could do fire attack, you could sit in there watching a, watch the cold start, um, you could do transitional attack from the outside. Um, there's lots of stuff you could do. I mean, then as soon as you start building a little hallway in the end, now you can start doing VIS. You can start doing a whole bunch of stuff other than below grade and above grade, but it's all going to be super safe because mm-hmm. the initial burn off of a CCAN, that's the only time you're like, oh, what did we do? Because <laughs> the paint's going to burn off. <laughs> I remember lighting the, the portable big burn building on fire when we were still working on a bunch of props and we lit it up. Um, it was when Carrie had first started and uh, we were just like, oh, let's run the rookies through the new burn building. <laughs> Well, the paint's all on fire. The whole building's going up. Everyone's like, what are you doing? I'm like, ah, it'll be fine. Because, <laughs> you know, it looks like crazy because everything's on fire. And But then as soon as the paint's burned off, it's just a metal box that you're burning stuff in. Um, we've since, you know, we paint them, we paint our sea cans black now and make it look pretty cool and put our logo on the side. And you can dress them up so they don't look like crap. Um, but keep in mind, as soon as you're burning them, they're probably going to look like crap, but they're, they have a purpose. <clears throat> yeah. Any more for any more? Any big points that anyone would like to bring up for this? We talked about a lot of it. I, I think it's one of those that we might end up having some more content for again. Um, I know when Chris actually sent us some pictures of how they train the roof ventilation stuff, there's a lot of things I think that we do that we, we just kind of now do and we take advantage of and we don't really notice that we do it anymore with regards to kind of doing things cheaply but still kind of strategically where it costs us nothing but we get a really good train out of it so i think i'm i know i'll look a little bit more at what we do and maybe if we think of some more stuff we'll do like a kind of a grab bag episode for those sorts of things yeah like we do weird little props that we don't even realize are weird little props anymore yeah that kind of thing right and we just use them because now we just use them but really it was something that dennis built or whatever like we looked it on youtube and then four people got together on a weekend and and put it together right like those sorts of things so we'll have a think Uh, i'd say start small build on from there Mm. kind of figure out what uh specific skills and experiences you want to gather from well, you your configuration <laughs> a specific set of skills yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah build your burn building to that need and then expand yeah you don't need, you don't need an eight-story burn building if you're in a small rural area I, I, people are like oh look at this burn building don't bring it to the chief look at this thing and the guy's like what, what? We, don't, we don't need that we can have this no i know we can't here's a half million burn building. <laughs> it's like here's a 20-foot sea can can we have this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could probably have that. Yeah. Plus, you could do a weekend of fundraising and have the funds for it. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. Uh, one thing we didn't mention, what we used to do, we haven't done it in a long time because they've kind of left us alone and they've kind of given us our money. 
<laughs> is invite town council to fire training training because we used to do that fairly regularly mm-hmm. before any of this training ground uh, we did it a couple times after the training ground just yep. to show why we have it um, we haven't done that like, we uh, recently in one yeah. of our episodes actually we should do it again yeah, I guess we should do that again fairly fresh council we should yeah. do it because yeah. um, it was important because then they saw oh this is why they do it um, these are the safety things they have installed it's safe these guys are really good like they, these guys really understand yeah, you need to you need to showcase, especially once you've got these things in place, um, and obviously that's going to be that's the initial task. But once you do have these things, don't hide it. You can't make this thing a secret. You need to show people, show the public if you need to as well. Open Definitely house. show. Yeah, yeah open, open houses. Yeah. Uh, bring your council members in. Anyone that's there, and the mayor maybe. These people were interested too. For them as well, it's another photo shoot. It's another good opportunity. You invite the media. That everyone else will follow like it just tends to be one of those things so if you're doing it you're doing something for the town your volunteers you showcase that whole thing how you're being safe with your training and then you'll be able to get more money you'll be able to get that funding now you've got the backing and the the respect of those people that are you know making those bigger decisions now maybe you can start getting a little bit more in that budget fund for actual things for your new training grounds for your burning buildings whatever um it gives you more of a professional stance when you're coming to the people that are potentially going to give you some more money if you can show them that you're being safe and you're doing it properly and, and don't ever think you're too small of a department because we were, were like we said we're rural we're smaller um when this we, we built our burn building and i actually went up to do a training officer course up in a bigger city and these guys didn't even know we had a burn building. And I remember them asking, they're like, okay, who here's done live? Because we were talking about training cycles and live fire. And the one instructor is like, who here's done live fire? And you know, most of us put our hands. Who's done live fire in the last year? And then like half the guys put their hands. Last six months. Now it's less and less. And then they get down to like, who's done burn? Who's done live fire in the last month? And I, I'm like the only one to put my hand up. And they're like, oh, when did you do it? I'm like, we did it on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, like Friday. it's like Friday. Couple so hours like yesterday. Ago. <laughs> yeah, like yesterday, I, like I still smell like smoke. Well, you, well, how'd you do that? I'm like, well, we have a burn building in our in our area in our town. How'd you guys get a burn building? I'm like, we built one. <laughs> <laughs> well, how? It's like uh, we got some sea cans put together. <laughs> well, well, is fire. it safe? Well, of course it's safe. <laughs> it's a sea can. <laughs> is it certified? No, because we're doing in-house training. It doesn't need to be certified. We had our ducks in a row, and. These guys were these guys were kind of annoyed because they were building this big amazing training ground that they wanted us to put money into, but they're an hour away. So how are we gonna train there regularly? We can't. So we have this smaller. Well, actually, I think our bird building our area is bigger now than theirs almost. Yeah, it is. So, and we give free training to any um, anyone that wants to come. Again, not certified. It's just that stress inoculation that that getting boots on the ground, getting your hands dirty tools in your toolbox yeah mm-hmm. um like we have we, we've had multiple departments from our region come in and for free you know we don't charge them anything out of our region we've had people yeah travel, yeah, we've, yeah. yeah we yeah. have people travel yeah. farther than <laughs> than they would go if they actually went to the get a certif- certificate we but had, we're cheap like we had out of country we had out of country come for our oh seminar. for seminar, for yeah, seminar yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but they pay a little bit for that but um yeah. but we've had lots of nights when they just come out of practice and they send a truck down and we bring our pumper out Run them through some live fire stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's important to do that because I'm, I'm hoping those departments, I don't really want those departments to always come to us, but now they can see, oh, on a, on a fairly small budget, you can build this. And that's one of the reasons why we built that portable C-CAN burn building 
for the seminars because we wanted to sh- bring it down and be in my opening spiel when I was teaching there. It was like this thing cost two thousand dollars to build twenty five hundred bucks I think to build every anybody can do this. So don't think we're special. Just build one. It's easy. I mean, it's not easy. It takes some work, but yeah. you can do it. You can do it. You don't have to be huge. Yeah. There you go. Um, on that note, maybe uh, maybe we'll get it cleaned up. Maybe and I'll go down and shoot it, <laughs> or maybe I'll just go down and shoot it. Go down and shoot it. Yeah, I think I'm just gonna go down and shoot it. That's gross. Well, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's a current building. <laughs> you know that would be a prime opportunity. And while I'm away for the next month, is for you guys to put on the old RZ masks. <laughs> Do some filming of you guys clean the burn building out. There you go. I already, uh, I already did my pics. Yeah, yeah. That is one thing you need that. in the burn building. You need to have when you have a burn building. You need to have guys who are willing to work on the weekend to clean the thing out. Because I know Ash and I cleaned the last time out and mm. took us a good half a day. So you need to have people that are yeah. willing to not just have fun inside the live fire building. But. This whole thing requires actual input and effort from people that are going to yeah. continuously put in the effort. Yep. and actions that require this to get all up and going and to continue to maintain it as well it can't just be you know put built and done and, and left alone and then after that you also you need to pra- you need to practice you need to play with it like it's a new toy it's like new toys you need to learn how to use oh, yeah. them before you I mean, even like the first night I remember we burned in there we we put like two pallets in because we weren't sure what's going to happen we put a couple pallets in and we had some paper shoved in and we had like a lighter so we're like sitting there <laughs> Trying to build the fire, and we're like trying to build like a campfire in there. We're like, <laughs> and Todd, I think Todd was still around then because Todd, you know, timeless Todd, he was on our department at one time, and we're all sitting there watching it slowly burn. And it took forever. We were in there for like an hour, <laughs> multiple air tank. We're like, what is this? Is we just spent a whole bunch of money on this crap? Lame. Well, then we're like, oh wait a minute, yes. we went to actual. Then we went to the live fire course again. Oh, these guys are using a tiger torch. Well, it's an epiphany. <laughs> so we shove a tiger torch in there now and let it go. Get it built. I mean, obviously, you don't have to leave it in there because then you might have catastrophe with some propane cylinder. Oh, but yeah, you, you, you know, you light the tiger torch. Or let, no, light the tiger torch. Put the tiger torch into the sea cap. <laughs> and then the take the tiger pallets, torch. And make sure you take the tiger torch <laughs> outside. Um, but then you start going, okay, what is our pallet stack we're actually going to use? Oh, maybe, maybe five to six pallets will get us a good rollover. Oh, what if we put cha- hang chains from the ceiling? Because there's always those uh, points of tie downs. Because it's a sea can, so they're tying material down when it's what? <laughs> I just realized that our burn building's on YouTube, with the. Uh, it is. Yeah. The seminar. The seminar video. Yeah. We probably show that. Yeah. Maybe we'll post that. Um, Sorry. Anyways. <laughs> so we have these. Uh, you have the tie down, so you can hang chains from the ceiling. So now you put pallets in the ceiling. So now you gotta now the pallets will catch up fire in the ceiling. You can do all sorts of stuff. But it takes, yeah, you have to burn because the first time you burn it, you're like, mm, this is kind of lame. <laughs> but after you get used to doing it and you you get pretty skilled at building different fires. And I'm still learning stuff every day. Like some, like a couple times I've had a really cool rollover over our heads. And other days it's like, oh, I don't know what I did last time, but this is not working this time. <laughs> yeah. Any more for any more? Rob? Rob's got something. Yeah. I was just going to say, just. You know, if you're new to trying to get a burn building or you've tried once before, just because somebody said no doesn't mean that you don't keep gathering information. And hopefully we've given you a bit of ammo and ideas to present something a little more viable that 
will get you a yes and get you something that you can work with. Yeah, yeah. It don't ever take no as a full no. If you want it, you should be continually doing it. It it helps everyone, as we've discussed. Everyone knows the benefits of these things. Um, I'm thinking maybe we'll do a we'll do a post on this as well. We'll kind of I'll break down this episode maybe and and write out a whole bunch of stuff that we we talked about because maybe in written format people could use it to to kind of break down a list as well maybe and start working on stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're right. Don't take no as a full no. And don't take your money and buy shirts. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. a comment one of the guys made was uh, we could either buy a burn building or buy more shirts. <laughs> um, you know, the burn building is the badass part of training. Yeah. And the shirt is just a thing that makes you think you're badass, but you're not. Speaking <laughs> of shirts, we are hey, look actually... look at that segue! Look at that segue. I wasn't even planning on this. But speaking of shirts... Spend a little bit of money on shirts. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of shirts and buying shirts, we're going to start doing some shirts. Um, we've got a few bits and pieces. We were working with a website. Didn't really work out. We're going to try something else. Um, we're going to get some designs up. We'll throw them up on the page. And uh, we'd love your input. Is it Kevin has in his hand right now? <laughs> we'd love your input on... Uh, Sticking together. <laughs> brand new. Um, if, uh, you know, if you'd like to buy some, um, just let us know. Because we're, we're going to be putting them up there and we'll, we'll figure out price and stuff later. But we're just going to get a gauge some interest initially. Obviously, we don't we don't get paid for doing any of this. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys aren't getting paid? No. Sons? <laughs> so apparently one of us is. Um, Weird. So, you know, if you'd like to help support us, we appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, you know, do the same thing with, like you did with the coins. You know, we, we appreciated that a lot. And we'll also have some of those as well coming in fairly soon if anyone still wants to pick those up. And, yeah, I think hats and bits and pieces too and some stickers we also are going to be sending out to a few people that have asked. We partially um, drank water bottles too. If anyone yeah, we've got lots of partially drank water bottles. And some empty, uh, empty cups from the coffee. There's there's always authentic coffee authentic cups Tim's. Yeah. Coffee Tim Horton coffee. Yeah. There's some roll up the rims here that haven't been rolled up. Might get lucky. Oh, <laughs> Anyways, um, that's it, boys. Ash. Carl. <laughs> Good evening, Carl. Rob. Good night. Some new outro music. I wonder. Good Scott. Good night. <laughs> I'm Mr. Spence. Good night, Carl. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs>